Hi, this is Phil Bronstein, the editor, and you're listening to a San Francisco Chronicle podcast. It's Tim Goodman's TV Talk Machine with San Francisco Chronicle TV critic, Tim Goodman. Oh, big finish. That is... What is up with that theme music? This is, the rest of the show is going to be a disappointment after that. That was stunning. I thought that that... Well, you know, we usually do a shorter version of that, but uh, I don't think you got to hear it on our inaugural uh, TV Talk Machine podcast. What do you think about that? I, it's very Dances with Wolves. Wow. It's sort of a sweeping plane. You, you... Oh, the sweeping plane. Yes. I mean, that's what we'll call it. I like the big finish. I think there's even a longer version where more drums come in. Yes. Okay, this is uh, TV uh, Talk Machine. I'm Tim Goodman, your host of the TV Talk Machine, if the name wasn't uh, clear enough to you. And this is our next installment. You may have noticed that uh, we're off to sort of a bang. We've got uh, one of the podcast. our first podcast is up, also followed by uh, an interview with Joel Cohen, who was the uh, writer and co-executive producer of The Simpsons. He's been there for eight years. We talked uh, uh, a lot about his work on The Simpsons. You can find that at sfgate.com. And upcoming, we're going to have the first of two parts uh, interview with Ken Burns, who actually came into the pod cave, as we call it here at the Chronicle. And we had a little talk. Uh, I could barely talk because I was sick. I still have the remnants of that. Uh, it's the first of two parts. And joining me today, the voice you just heard, is San Francisco Chronicle media writer Joe Garofoli. Thank you. It's great to be here again. And uh, to Ken Burns left behind his water. This is actually Ken Burns' bottle of water here. This is Ken Burns' water. You're drinking from I'm going to drink it, yeah. He, he's already drank a little bit of it, but I'm going to finish it off. So that means this podcast will be in 17 parts. <laughs> I think what's going to happen is that if I drink this water, I get so much smarter. Somewhere in the interview of Ken Burns, he says, uh, quotidian. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, well, all right, I guess we can edit that out. Because yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. That, that word will never appear in this podcast. No, and it never, I would never write it. But yeah. he is so much smarter than I am. If I drink this water, I think this podcast will be... Uh... Actually, it's, you're turning into a black and white photograph. Right yes, now. I am. I'm, I am a lovingly restored Civil War era photograph. <laughs> you know, I, I love Ken Burns. And, and, uh, Absolutely. He's a great American filmmaker. One of, my, one of the people that I most respect in the television business. So that, that podcast will be up uh, and running pretty soon. But we're off to... a. Pretty good start. And well, oh my goodness. welcome. There's to... international acclaim for the for the machine. Yes, let's start with a couple of uh, a couple because Joe will be playing the part yet again. You may remember from the ino- the legendary inaugural broadcast that Joe was Question Boy. So Question Boy, what do we have? The first one was from uh, someone who listened via the web from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Oh yeah, and uh, that's the... very uh, Ken Burnsian. Very, from... I'm sure mm-hmm. he has done. He has some black and white photos from there. Yes. Uh, uh, but the, the review is a bit middling. Oh, he, This is from Joel Krakowski, and he said, uh, Dear Tim, not bad, but not great. I'll keep listening because I have great faith in you. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take not bad for the first uh, podcast, even though we're already calling it legendary. What else, what, what else we got? Somebody else must have uh, come to Oh, my gosh. Face. This Someone uh, emailed you from Sweden. Yes. Stockholm, Sweden. Mm-hmm. Hi, Tim. I almost never feel the urge to write an appreciating email like this. Actually, this is the first time. This, it, this sounds like something we'll end up with name and address withheld. Yes, exactly. Just wanted to tell you that I really, really enjoy reading, listening to your material. You are a great critic, which, of course, basically means we have a similar taste, as well as a brilliant and extremely funny writer. Never stop! All the best from Stockholm, Goran. 
Gorin. Yes, that's uh, wow. I love that. Was very he, painful for you to have to read. Oh wasn't my god, I, I really want to vomit at this point. Yeah, Gorin wrote that. Sounds like he was wearing a shorty robe. When you he know, was I think that. that was just shy of a penthouse letter. I loved it, Gorin from Stockholm. I hope he's. Uh, we, we're must Virginia. be cold this time of year. Where he's just well, a yeah, shut in. Uh-huh. Got Gorin in in uh, Stockholm and Virginia. We're all over the map. Uh, but that was painful for, for you to read. I know you don't like anything that's positive towards me, but you know. <laughs> Well, this one is from Comics, British Columbia in Canada, our friends north of the border. Dude, we are, this is like a global. TV talk machine is global. The machine is everywhere. Yes. Hi, Tim. Looking forward to stepping into the future with you via the podcast. And only a little afraid. I would love to hear more about your take on Friday Night Lights. I am just loving this show on so many levels, acting, writing, even the shaky documentary filming style. That letter is sort of emblematic of a lot of email I've been getting. There's, there's something that's been in the water. I've been, I'm wanting to write a column, but there's been so many new shows that have been coming out uh, in March. March is a big year or a big month for new shows. I've been wanting to write a column that sort of readdresses Friday Night Lights. I gave it a, a pretty good review when it first came out, and ratings were terrible. It looked very near like it was going to be canceled after the first four or five episodes or three episodes. It's not in a very good time slot. They did move it. it. It didn't improve after they moved it to a different night. I think I believe it's on Wednesday nights now. I do like it. It's, it's interesting. People who love the show really, really love it. And it's a diverse crowd, age-wise, everything. Is this something the networks would hold on to because they think, oh, this is a quality show. We'll give it a chance to grow, to grow an audience. It is on NBC, and NBC does that. Unfortunately, NBC is rising right now. When you, when you start to rise, you have a little less patience with stuff that falters. You know, they held on to the office, so they have a t- tendency to do that. But, you know, my gut feeling, and part of the reason that I don't write about Friday Night Lights as much as uh, people probably want me to, is that my gut feeling is it's not going to come back, and that, and that the gift of NBC was to keep it for a full 22 episodes, and it won't be renewed. It's very expensive to shoot it because it's shot on location, and I just don't think that uh, the viewers are there. And it, it, just like Studio 60s, I don't think that'll come back either. Uh, we have a uh, Friday Night Lights voicemail. We can actually go to that. One comment, two questions. First of all, I don't think Friday Night Lights is getting the audience it deserves because it airs on Wednesday, and too many morons confuse Friday Night Lights with a show that should run on Friday. Second, uh, the question, do you think uh, David Milch will ever bring back Deadwood, please, please? And third question, do you think Aaron Sorkin might now uh, return to the West Wing? Wouldn't that be fun? We could have a Jimmy Smith's presidency. We do need that alternative reality. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I think that she's probably right about Friday Night Lights. Uh, and again, I get a, I'm getting a lot of that, a lot of email just like that. Uh, just to quickly answer her question, the Deadwood stuff is really interesting. I don't think, um, I mean, I do think the Deadwood films will get made, the two two-hour movies that are supposed to wrap up uh, Deadwood in place of the sort of abandoned fourth season. But uh, this idea of Sorkin coming back to West Wing is not going to happen. No, no. not ever. That's one of those reunions that you people hope for that'll never happen, like the, the Talking Heads or something like that. Yes. Or the Beatles reunion. The Beatles, Clash. They're dead. We could, well, some of them are dead. Some of the Beatles are dead. That's true. Are, are some of the Talking Heads dead? No. No. They can still do it. They can get it back together. But, you know, this is, it also brings up the question of, of people just don't know that what happens. And I get this question a lot, so I'll, I'll answer it here. Maybe some people will sort of figure it out. As soon as a network cancels a show, not on a hiatus, but officially cancels a show or ends a series like they ended the West Wing, then the contracts are um, they're done. 
everybody's contracts immediately voided and they can go seek work seek work and you know that's immediately what they do as soon as they usually you get the inkling that it's going to be canceled and your agent has feelers for new parts and then as soon as you get the cancellation you know and it's, you pick it's up. rare that another network would would pick up the entire would pick up the show i mean it happens from time to time but that must be a huge undertaking, right? It's very rare, but you know what? There, it might actually happen this season. If if NBC doesn't pick up Scrubs, I think you're going to see ABC pick up Scrubs. Why would they not pick it up? Well, you know, it's been they well they've just misused and abused that show since it started, um, and then it had a big a big comeback, especially with uh, Zach Braff when his uh, his stuff with uh, Garden State. And an Emmy nomination, but I think the ratings are not there because it's you know the door's kind of closed for new viewers. But the show's going to go into syndication. It needs uh, it needs another season really to have those numbers. And ABC is where the sh- where the show was originally developed, so they would take it back, give it a year, put it into syndication, and make a ton of money. Well, let's move on to another question. Yes. This is a very simple. Question one. boy is Brotherhood returning in two thousand seven? And this is uh, from Kathleen Nolan. Kathleen Nolan. You know, I, th- I think Kathleen may have be the beneficiary of a double question answer because it could have been that we answered this question on the first now. Uh, well, I was going to say legendary first TV talk machine podcast, but apparently the guy from Frederick was it was it was good, it was but not middling. Great. It was yeah, middling. middling. So somewhere in that middling one, which I think we went on for about uh, two and a half hours. Yeah, I, f- I forgot uh, how many questions. God knows if her question was in there, but if it wasn't. Uh, Yes, Brotherhood is coming back at sh- on Showtime. I highly recommend people buy the first uh, season on DVD, which is out. And also Weeds will be coming back probably at a similar time on Showtime. Next question is from David and involves our favorite program. Hey, Tim, I wondered if you had any insight as to the reasoning behind The Wire's final season being reduced from 13 to 10 episodes. Any info you would have would comfort my soul. Wow. Thanks, and keep up the great work. You know, there's, I am a soul comforter just as, and a soul brother as well because uh, I'm from Oaktown. <laughs> yes. But, uh, <laughs> the redheaded man from Oaktown. Yes, absolutely. But uh, I think the answer to that question is pretty straightforward. It's a money issue. That it, that it even lasted four seasons is a miracle. That it's going to come back to finish the arc for a fifth season is beyond a miracle. So I'm sure David, David um, Simon gets whatever, whatever he got out of that, he'd be very happy. And this is officially it for The Wire. This is it. It's officially it. And I'm sure he, you know, knowing in advance that there's 10 instead of 13, he can uh, trim the story to fit, the, fit that. But it's a money issue. I mean, it, uh, The Wire is a loss leader for HBO. So, you know. And do we know when it's coming back yet? Oh, no. I, I think Simon is going to be working on some stuff. Uh, different things for HBO, which will take him out of the wire loop for a while. Uh, He will be back. I don't think we're going to see anything until 2008, probably late 2008 for The Wire. So i got to hang on to my HBO subscription until then? It's it's one of those things that people go through with HBO. They're like, do I give it up? I just say, you know, suck it up, pay the price. Good stuff there. Here's another one. Here's uh, from Tia. Tim, I'm a regular reader of your SF Gate articles and reviews. Nice podcast, too, by the way. Oh, Tia. Thank you, Tia. Question. Is this three two-hour segment miniseries the same material that was shown in Britain last year as, as the first season of The State Within? Yeah, well, I got a lot of questions on The State Within, which was a six-part or a six-hour, three-part uh, BBC miniseries. And um, I, to my knowledge, to you, I, I, yeah, I got a lot of questions because it ended really abruptly and really kind of funkily for an American audience. I mean, it's, there's no, almost no resolution to it. You kind of knew where the strands of the story were going, and then there was a face-off of two people, and it, and it eventually ended with them sort of staring at each other. But to my knowledge, it was never intended to have a second season in England. So I think it's just what you saw is what you get. Um, and, and also just to, with this one fell swoop, I can answer 
probably 40 emails I got from people. Um, the first two episodes of The State Within, the first two segments, aired back-to-back on, I think, a Saturday and Sunday. And then they waited another week for the next one, and a lot of people missed that one. So um, if you missed it, and I got all these emails, what, what can I do? Will they replay it on BBC America? It's available on DVD right now, so if you've got Netflix or your local store and you want to rent the DVD, you can watch the whole thing without commercials. Here's another question from Canada. Oh, the Canadians, they love me. Can, you call, can I call them Canucks? Is that... No, I think that's, that's not that's a derogatory. It's derogatory. Yeah, yeah. well, I, my neighbors... Unless are, you're referring, referring to the Vancouver Canucks. The ex- hockey, that's the exactly who I... Because I'm, I'm nothing if not a hockey fan growing up in Southern California. Yes. Um, Nathan from Vancouver Island, Canada. Love that spot. I've walked around Vancouver Island. Really? Oh, yeah. Sure. It's a beautiful spot. My question is about Sons and Daughters, one of my favorite comedies of all time. Do you know if Sons and Daughters will be coming out on DVD? I have only seen it up to episode eight. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. I, I love Sons and Daughters. It was Sons and Daughters when it first came out. You know, if you go to the sfgate.com archives for my column, you'll find it. And the thing that I wrote, the, I think the very first lead on that, on that column is, this is a great show that's doomed. It's never, it never had a chance to ever come back. It was Steve McPherson's gift to everybody who liked kind of non-scripted, uh, no laugh track, wacky comedy. Everybody in there was brilliant. The, the, the hum- it was very much like Arrested Development, and the humor was really weird, and, and the pacing was off. Uh, if you go back and watch some of those, which I've had, there, there's, there are scenes where there's like 10 jokes going on, which is way too much for the, the general populace. Gen pop doesn't get that, uh, that, many, that much depth. So, no, it's not coming back. I do believe that the, it, it could go to DVD. I certainly hope so. Because um, that was one of my favorites, and I had a crush on uh, Gillian Vigman, who was Gillian Vigman, who was the star of that. that. That was not enough to save the program, though. My crush? No, no. And and I actually put my crush in the paper, and I didn't respond. She didn't respond to me. You, someone responded in the paper when you put your crush. in the Many paper. times you're, I put my crushes CNN, in there. Uh, who's the the gal from CNN? Uh, you know, I don't. I'd like to keep that kind of private because uh, no, she's she's married, I, and I'm married. I'm not you know. Just, just a reminder to my wife who might be listening to this. Yes, I. And she's, I, I think she quit at this point. She quit. She, she's yeah, she's <laughs> done. She's done. But uh, yeah, I, many times I, I jokingly put a crush in, and I do hear back from the people. And have you ever put a man crush in the paper? Sure. Well, well George You're, Clooney. George Clooney. That's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd do him in an instant, like right now. Well, it might make the podcast a little more interesting. It could be sexy. The sexy George Clooney. I would absolutely. Why would don't do you get him in, in here and have a? Make, I don't think I could interview him. Honestly, it was hard. Really? I had a great time interviewing Ken Burns. If I had to interview George Clooney, I don't know if I could you do. Get it. All, you all giddy and I'd be giddy. I'd be like winking at him. I'd be like I'd be laughing at every joke he did. I'd yeah. be red. I wouldn't know what to say. I'd be red faced. I'm a wallflower. You'd, you'd probably take his water too. Oh my God! Yeah, his bath water. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This question is from Lieber. And uh, she says, if I was Kevin Riley or Peter Ligori, and who are, explain to the audience who these oh, well, folks are. Well, for, uh, Lieber is, a, is the name of someone who leaves, uh, she's a commenter on the Bastard Machine blog, my, my blog at sfk.com. I'm a whore. I'm really, really Yo, pushing you're, a lot you're of that. Just, yeah, you're just plug fest. Now, is it, it's is a plug it, fest. Is it, it is a plug fest. It's a, like a, I'm a pander mackerel. I just keep, I'm a pander bear. Hey, look at all my stuff. Woo, cross platforms. Uh, so Lieber is a, she's a, uh, dedicated reader of the Bastard Machine, and uh, she mentioned. Uh, go ahead, read that question again. I'll... She says, "If I was Kevin Riley or Peter Ligori, I'd save time and money by hiring you." No. Have you ever been approached by a network to take the role of their green light king? Green light king. Uh, Kevin Riley is the head of, and he's the uh, entertainment president of NBC. And Peter Ligori is the entertainment president at Fox. Um, 
I have not actually been approached by. I've talked to networks. I've had chummy drink talks with network people who who always said, like I've joked, I'm like, how do you know? These are awful shows, and what you need is a critic in that slot. Uh, you know, at some point, maybe when I retire, I'll go to I'll go to Los Angeles, and maybe they'll hire me then to sort of weed out the the chaff. Now that brings up a question of how how do bad shows get on the air? This year or this week we had the Rob Corddry's show. Rob Corddry, very funny guy. Very the, funny guy on the, the Daily Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had the winner. Oh. And uh, David E. Kelly was a long history of success on network television. We had the the wedding bells and both of these shows you you crushed. They, they were terrible shows. You thought they were terrible. Mm-hmm. How did these shows get on? And could you have stopped them? I I, I would have stopped. I would have at least stopped the, the winner. I, I honestly, you know, and that wasn't Lieber. That was you. You did a marvelous job with that question, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Lieber set that up on a tee, and you really, you know, the transition the, the, the there. Transition wow. there. Yeah. This, was just, this is, this is like podcasting history right beautiful, now. Beautiful. Beautiful merge right under the freeway. Yeah, you know, I'm forever fascinated by this question because when does an actor know that what they're in completely and blatantly sucks? It's just god awful. When do you know? And you think Rob Corddry is a, is a very fine sense of humor. Yeah. He's, he has a, he's does, has done stage work. He knows what a live audience likes. He does television. What, what's going on? Is it, is it purely a cash grab? Well, there's part of that. There's part of that. And I, I think part of it also has to be because, you know, these bad movies that come out with great actors think, how did you, why did you take that? It's just awful. And, and, and the winner on Fox with Corddry is just, I mean, I had a little man out of his seat. It was terrible. Um, I would think that you would be able to, to to know from the script on that one that it wouldn't work. But here's what I think happened. It's done by the uh, people from Family Guy. And they probably went to him and said, hey, you're a funny guy. We've we got a funny show. Uh, let's work together. The deal could have been inked there before a script was seen. Or even if, a, you know, on another situation, a script could be done. And, and it, maybe it's not that funny. If you're a funny guy, you're thinking, God, this needs to be punched up. But then you're kind of committed. And, and you probably heard from the producer or the one of the writers who said, look, Believe me, it's, it's going to come alive on the screen, which I think is one of the great lies in all of uh, television and film. It's going to come alive when the... Don't worry about it right now. When we get it on the screen, it'll look fantastic. So there could have been that promise. Uh, as far as David E. Kelly, and I definitely, had I been the green light king, I would have, uh, I would have killed the winner. But David Kelly's uh, The Wedding Bells, which I did I, on Wednesday, I gave a very lukewarm review to, and it, 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 it's... You can re- see it on Friday on, on Fox, the same episode. I think somebody with Kelly's pedigree, you got to give, you got to cut him some slack. I mean, it's not a very good pilot. And as I wrote in my review, the, the dude is either on or he's off. He's always had balance issues, tone issues. Uh, and I'm not saying that he can't save the show, but he's got a lot of work to do. Funniest part, of course, about the Rob Corddry show was his yes. uh, interview on Fox. <sighs> now he went on Fox News. He talked about. It, he said, "Oh, look, my uh, the scrawl right here. It's it's it's, it's shaping my nipples." <laughs> And of course, if this is a good visual joke, oh, absolutely visual joke, and and I'm sure our podcast listeners will appreciate sure, that. Sure, they yeah. probably saw it. Yeah, and then it tra- and then and oh, then the transition, yes, of course. Then right after that, they uh, went right from the chafing nipples to a story about a bomb scare at uh, Columbine, uh, yeah. in Colorado. Fox yeah, was, News always yeah. get always get, much like David Kelly. Fox News always getting the balance right. <laughs> All right, more questions, correct? Yeah, I think we have uh, we have uh, some some audio questions. Yeah, we'll just shake it up with some audio questions. Then thank everybody for calling in on the number. In yesterday's column of Monday, March fifth, you talk about uh, it's title of Ewe's uh, TV chat, so viewers won't have to. Uh, you talk about how phony uh, these uh, TV shows are. In other words, self empowerment instead of uh, sensational. Why? I understand your point. Still, if you want to be that sarcastic, you should be writing about some of the politicians and the lawyers. I mean, uh, 
I'm sure a lot of TV is as phony as can be, but if you really want to talk about a, 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 a phony show, it's uh, the politicians, it's the U.S. Congress, it's the California State Legislature, it's uh, the San Francisco mayor, and uh, and it's the lawyers and the judges. Mark Winchell, W-I-N-S-H-E-L. Oh, by the way, when talking about lawyers, I usually refer to them as professional pathological liars and common criminals hiding behind law licenses. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Apparently, he got the, the he thought he was calling the politics blog. Yeah, he was calling the politics blog. He was also calling uh, our line, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> That's a correct me if I'm wrong call. That's not a TV talk machine call. No. Uh, you know, I uh, I get that a lot. Why, you know, television is so stupid. Why don't you write about something with substance? Yeah, yeah. That's your job. Television is my job, and television is, uh, yeah, hey, look. This is the most powerful medium on the planet. And Absolutely. This is, you know what? This is, uh, I don't know what it's doing. It's feeding this country. As you often make the point, and you made it in the legendary first podcast. Yes, I did. How many, how many people watch television? And how many people see the most popular movie in the world? And, uh, and, and the numbers don't compare. It's not even close. It's not even close. And, it's, uh, and I, as, I, as I've said many times, and I will, I'll say it many more times, television is our shared cultural, ex- cultural experience. Absolutely. You know? Somebody gets shot, a president gets shot, you get a space shuttle blows up. You watch it on television. Well, pretty soon we'll be going online, though. Yes. All right. Yes, good morning, Mr. Goodman. I was wondering if you could uh, answer this question. Uh, CSI Las Vegas, can you tell me why uh, uh, William Peterson took a leave of absence for the three or four weeks he was gone? I was just curious about that. I mean, did he have surgery or did he go on vacation? And also, Leif Schreiber, I mean, I, I don't knock his talent. He's a good actor, but I, I really don't think he fit in too well on uh, for the few weeks that uh, Peterson was gone. Thank you. Oh, by the way, my name is Art Shoglow. Thank you. Uh, who's William Peterson? Do you have an idea? Is he on the CSI? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, he's the, he's the star of CSI. Uh, you know, as I wrote recently, uh, after a lot of these shows launch, and I watch them for a couple of seasons, I don't watch them much anymore. But he, I believe he left because um, he wanted to break for a little bit. Was it a surgery uh, yeah, situation? You know, I don't think he had any uh, Botox or anything. Um, there's probably a, a probably a more accurate story out there than the one I'm I'm, I'm breaching, but uh, they did bring Lee Schreiber in. He's a great actor, but a lot of uh, regular fans didn't really think he worked, and that that was kind of a twist as they sexed up uh, and kind of crazied up CSI. Uh, it's just CSI, it's not CSI Las Vegas. So uh, yeah, I think William Peterson just needed a break. Maybe we'll have him in on a on a podcast and get the real truth of that. It answer. seems like maybe you'll have some time now. He's got some time. I'll bring in Lee Schreiber too. You think he'll leave his water here? You know what? I uh, I'm deep into the Ken Burns water. Right that now. water is almost gone. It's like well, it's halfway. He sustained me. I feel like uh, I'm in the trenches in Civil War, and I just <laughs> this is all I've got is my Dasani water to carry me through. From the that's co- all many soldiers had then. That's all they was had. Their bottled water. Was their bottled water. Oh boy. Hi, my name is Jay Buckelhide. Uh, I have a bizarre question. The only show on TV that my TiVo can't pick the new episodes from the old episodes of is The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, and I can't figure out why. It will, TiVo, when asked to take only you know new episodes, will routinely record up to six uh, episodes a day, often the same thing four or five times. Have any idea why? Uh, thank you so much. Bye. Uh, no, on this one, you know what, I got the same problem. It's taping multiple episodes of The Daily Show. It's also taping multiple episodes of SportsCenter, which I find annoying and a, and, a, and a problem. I did, in an old column, kind of mention that I didn't know why this was happening, and I couldn't fix it, and I still really can't fix it. I think somebody told me that what you have to do, uh, you put it on manual record, 
instead of automatic recording. You just you rejigger it so that it only manually records that hour that you want, not the second hour, and especially in SportsCenter, not the 30th hour. So you have to rejigger it as a manual record. We just lost half of the TV Talk Machine audience. Right oh, my there. God. And So we're down to three. We're down to, th- we're down to th- uh, three, yes. And two we should ask Benny that question. That's a, t- that's a tech talk question. Do you know that question, Benny? Actually, I don't have a TiVo. I have one of the Motorola DVRs, so I don't know. Oh, wow. Oh, what, what is this? Well, you, and you call to? yourself an American. <laughs> wow. He's a tech guy. and he's just Really? Yeah. The yeah. Motorola? Are they still in business? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is the DVR you get from Comcast. Oh, so, right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's not as not, it's not, not as good as, as TiVo. Know, not as no. good as TiVo. Not well, here. why don't you? Goodman actually uh, convinced my wife to buy <laughs> Replay TV. For, wow. for that was a surprise uh, for me for my birthday several years ago. Replay TV, otherwise oh, known as the beta <laughs> right. of the DVR world. I don't think they're even in business anymore. Oh, yes. boy. Oh, yeah. thanks, there's one on Craigslist thanks, right man. now if <laughs> anyone would like thanks to buy it. Thanks for piling on yeah. there. But, but there's a loyal following of those. Uh, see, is there? yeah, they are. Yeah. See, it's kind of like a, a it's maybe it's like an early Apple thing. You're killing me with this. I did, I did call, call the machine if, if you want to if you want to buy a replay TV, call in next week. Call in, and, I, and I'll bring it to your house. I used to write about TiVo and say it's the pioneer DVRs, and I'd always get a letter from somebody who has a replay and say, hey, "Why don't you mention replay? Why don't you mention replay? Right, you idiot." And I had replay, and I did mention it, and I mentioned it to Joe's wife, and she bought it. And now, wow, it's it's like a, it's like a eight track recording, I guess. Really. Yeah. No, sorry about that. Hi, Mr. Goodman. This is Orlando West. I'd like to know if Help Me Help You has been canceled or not by ABC. Could you find out for me? Thank you. Hi, Mr. Goodman. My name is Orlando West. I'd like to know what happened to Standoff on Fox. Has it been canceled? Thank you. Orlando had a very busy week. That was two calls from Orlando. He, he, I, you know, he didn't even try to disguise his voice. He, he's got a lot of TV questions. A lot of me. TV questions. He had, he called twice this week. He comprised. Uh, he's really dominating the show. He's a court. You know, he's 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 shutting out other callers. There's no question about that. He's he's clogging up the line. Which, by the way, is four one five seven 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 eight eight two one. Uh, but yeah, I love that he's got uh, multiple questions, and uh, you know, God love him for being a fan of the TV talk machine and needing these questions answered, which I can do in a snap. Help me help you. Uh, the Ted Danson sitcom on ABC has been canceled. Uh, Standoff, the Fox show, uh, I believe, is not officially canceled, but on hiatus. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see that show probably ever again. Though they might end up having enough episodes for a DVD. Are there any other questions from Orlando? <laughs> <laughs> no, just that. Uh, <laughs> You know he could he could be a regular because he's got he's got good questions. Those are good questions. Yeah? Yes, and easy, easy for me to answer. All right, now we're back to uh, some letters. Yes, there, uh, there's a, a bottomless well of uh, email, and this is from Marshfield, Massachusetts. Damn, we are yeah, we gotta just we gotta talk about like this is like a a global phenomenon. So Pat from Marshfield writes, "Why are comedies only a half hour, while dramas are an hour? Are comedies twice as hard to produce? Ugly Betty seems to be pulling it off." Seems to me that if you've got a wildly successful comedy, such as Earl or The Office, stretching it into an hour would be like getting an extra hit show with good ratings, from the network's perspective. Yeah, well, there's a couple of questions on that. I, I think most, first of all, it's, it's ten times harder to make a good sitcom than it is to make a good drama, and that's why you have the disparity in quality that we see now. I don't think the sitcom is dead, that's a cliche, but there's just not that many good uh, sitcoms out there. They're really hard to make, and by taking, if you were going to expand that to an hour... I think you're really stretching the ability because you know in this in this country we're not doing six episodes or even twelve episodes we're doing twenty two episodes of these things and that really stretches a writer writer's room so I, I don't think that was a, that'd be a good idea 
secondarily it would cost more money. And shows like Ugly Betty and, and such, th- those, are, those are shows that are essentially dramedies. You're allowed to enter whatever category you want on the Emmys, and that's why you see Desperate Housewives being entered as a comedy when it hasn't been, I think, for even for a second. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, funny. it's been funny. Never been funny. So that's a dramedy. And David Kelly's The Wedding Bells is a dramedy. Also not funny. But he, he, trying to stretch it to that kind of humor uh, for an hour, you have to be a little bit loose. You can't be set up punchline, set up punchline. Another uh, a, a writer from outside the Bay Area, Chris from up in Seattle. Yes. Chris, I don't know if it's a he or a she, mm-hmm. uh, says, glad I can still read you online. I've been uh, enjoying the blog and now the podcast as well. My question is about life on Mars. I loved season one, and I've heard season two is now on BBC. Any ideas uh, when we'll get it on BBC America? Also, I hear that David E. Kelly is making an American version of the show. My gut reaction is that it will suck horribly. (laughs) Well, Chris, I think uh, your gut reaction is the very same gut reaction that I had when I found that David E. Kelly was going to do Life on Mars. And honestly, I love Life on Mars. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's a... It's a series on BBC America that started in England. Was just import- the first season was recently imported and finished over here on BBC America. Um, the idea of it is it's a, a Manchester detective in 2006 uh, gets hit by a car and gets blasted back into the 1970s. And so he still has to solve the same serialized serial killer murder that's, that, that started or finished, I guess, in 2005. But now he's back in the 70s. It's, it's a great idea. It's a it's very British, but it's a great idea. It's uh, great set pieces, a lot of cool music, a lot of David. It's the David Bowie tune is its title. Um, really good stuff. Speaking of eight track cassettes, uh, they had there's an eight track in that. You know, if you actually if you if you watch the first season of Life on Mars, you'll see that he has a replay instead of a TiVo. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Would you convince him to get one? Too? I, I did. I talked to him when I was in L.A. Um, but you know that that's the star of that is also the star of the first season of Doctor Who, I believe. I'm, I could be confused. You were anyway, flashing your geek colors right I now. Very really impressive. Just all over it. Yes, the second season of Life on Mars is currently airing on BBC in England, and it is scheduled to come, I believe, in June on BBC America. It's, it should be fantastic. I do worry that David Kelly will mess it up. There's three or four shows that people, if British fans and Canadian fans and Australian fans are worried about these shows uh, that are going to come to our shores and be Americanized. And, and, do any, um, do any uh, does the success of The Office give hope to these folks? Because it was totally remade. It was, uh, yeah. And, and people were very worried. They go, oh, I love The British Office. I really don't want to watch it. And, and it's become something of its own entity now. It's one of the best, clearly one of the best shows on American television. One, certainly one of the top two as far as comedies go. Yeah, that's a, it's. Whoa, I, I was definitely in the camp of that. That was never going to work, and I was proven wrong on that. Uh, a little mea culpa on that one, but generally they don't work. You know, it, it, we're a different audience, and and it's funny because David Kelly's got the wedding bells. If you read, if you read my review in the Chronicle on that, the whole thing that I'm talking about is tone. It's getting the balance right, and man, on Life on Mars, when you're juggling uh, 2006 or seven, and then back to. Well, I don't know where he's going to be based. It's not going to be in Manchester, but he's going to fly back to the 70s. Your tone has got to be perfect to make it work, and it, that definitely worries me. Fred sends this one. Tim, I finally got to listen to the podcast light, uh, last night, and it really enjoyed the format. It's, 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 it looks like we're turning around here. Yeah, we're turning around late in the game. As a question for another cast, you know, that's what the insiders call podcast, oh, a yes, cast. A cast, nice. Doing the cast. Yeah. Are you aware of any comments relating to the new movie Astronaut Farmer? versus BBCA's Rocket Man. I found the program last year due to your comments and loved it. 
Yeah, the similarities so, seem remarkable. Yes, uh, um, I I don't know about the similarities. I, I have that question. I like that question because um, Rocket Man on BBC America was really great, and this astronaut farmer does seem similar. But I think there's a uh, since I haven't seen the movie, I'm guessing I'm not. I'm guessing he did go to the movie. But from the review I read in the Chronicle of the Astronaut Farmer, and it's got great reviews pretty much across the board. I, what I read, it was different enough because they're you know they're, he's actually trying to get in space. Uh, where in the BBC America version, he was they were just launching the, his dead wife's ashes into space. Uh, we rely, Tim, hi Tim, we rely on you to keep us informed about the really important stuff on TV. I have a question mark after that. I don't know what that means. Uh, that applies to the closer. We expected a new set of episodes long since, but there's not a whisper. Do you know anything you can pass along? Thanks, Sans and Jeff. Wow. Cool names. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to let them down, uh, but I but I, I like this question for another reason. I don't know when the closer is coming back. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of off of the closer. Uh, good show, very very popular um, cable show. A lot of lot of viewers on it for a cable show. Yeah, a little too pedestrian for me, but uh, I still appreciate it. But it's like going on the star power of uh, Kira Cedric. Kira Cedric, yeah, and and uh, and she's she's good in the role. I just uh, you know it's just, I got a lot on my plate. It's got you got to be better than that to to sort of make the Goodman cut. But I will say uh, the question at hand that really, that really needs addressing is people, especially on cable shows, are forever wanting their stuff to come back faster and faster and faster. We're kind of getting spoiled. People forget, you know. On the one end of the spectrum, you've got the Sopranos, which you can take two or three years. You know, what is it? Eight years since it's been on the air. HBO allows for people a lot of time, but man, everybody else has got to shoot and film. People are like, "When's the Shield coming back?" April third, by the way, and Sopranos April eighth. But people are always asking, "When are these shows going to come back?" You got to let them, you know, take a break, and then they then they got to write it, and then they got to shoot it. it. Takes a while, so it's not it's not magic. It's a matter of quality takes time. Then absolutely, much like this podcast. Yes. All right, uh, Tim. I'm curious why you never seem to touch on the shows from USA, such as The 4400 or Psych. Also, what are your thoughts on Scrubs so far this season? George D. George D. From uh, San Francisco. From San Francisco. Okay, there we go. Our locals are coming in. We're beating back the Canadians. Uh, you know what? I don't really like those shows. I, I, I think they're okay. Uh, USA, I find, makes very middling, acceptable dramas that are better than some network shows, but certainly not on the top tier of most cable offerings. So... I'm not really following that much. Uh, and Scrubs, I still like Scrubs. The musical ep- the episode this year was great. Uh, I think it has its ups and downs, but the musical episode was a highlight, and they're in negotiations to bring it back for its final season. So I'm still a Scrubs fan. And Matt, question boy, wraps up the second TV talk machine podcast. <laughs> or cast. Really. Cast, as we learned that that's what the hipsters call it. That features and you potentially, and I. potentially the last. I think should, <laughs> could, this, this could be our last show, but uh, you know, we've done two, a couple of different interviews but for you and I, this is our second, and we're, you know, 130 more, and uh, we'll really have reached our goal. Excellent. It's an honor again to be here. Thank you, Joe.